Kia ora, I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. Today on The Detail, the outrage over women's sports kits. TYR, you have done these amazing athletes so dirty. A TikTok post slams a swimwear brand for its terrible design of the US women's swim team uniform at the Olympics. You've made it look like they have a unremovable fanny pack on their person. They look like they have wet themselves. Then there's the bikini row. If you see what the blokes were, they were loose baggy shorts down to their knees and tank tops and the girls are in crop tops and knickers. They're basically in bikinis. And if that isn't about something prurient and voyeuristic, I don't know what it is. She's talking about the Norwegian beach handballers. It sounds like it's probably out of place in the modern era, but members of the Norwegian beach handball team have made headlines after being fined. 1,500 euros for refusing to play in, in the bikini bottoms. They wanted to wear longer shorts because they felt sexualized. The story went viral and a pop star jumped in. Pink is showing her support for the Norwegian women's handball team after they protested a sexist dress code for the European Beach Handball Championships. But what about the argument that skimpy gear is the only way to pull the crowds? We used to say that the bikini and the sex appeal of our sport attracted people to the beach. And they left having a much greater respect for the sport of beach volleyball, not the bikini of beach volleyball. And then there's the athlete who was told her sprint briefs were too short. You shouldn't, you shouldn't tell us what we can't wear and can wear. Too short, too skimpy, bad designs. What is the problem here? It's not necessarily the bikini that's the problem. It's the lack of choice that's the problem, right? Because at the end of the day... It should all be about women wearing what they want to wear. It should all just be about inclusion and body autonomy and freedom of choice. Erin Roxburgh-Markia is a co-captain of the New Zealand women's beach handball team and she's part of the senior leadership group for the New Zealand women's indoor handball team. I want to find out what she wears and who decides. So for beach handball, yeah, we wear bikini bottoms and crop tops, but then obviously for indoor handball, we wear shorts and a T-shirt. And why do you wear bikini bottoms and crop tops? You know what, that is one of the questions I've been asking myself lately as well. But at um, the International Handball Federation sanctioned tournaments, um, those uniforms are actually regulations. So... Yeah, you have to wear a crop top and bikini bottoms and I think there are some kind of measurements as well. So I guess it's one of those things that because it's in regulation um, at those IHF sanctioned tournaments, it's just something that has become a norm in the rest of the sport. Well, I can tell you what those official rules are, is that female athletes must wear bikini bottoms with a close fit and cut on an upward angle toward the top of the leg. The side width must be of a maximum of 10 centimetres about four inches. So those are the rules about the (laughs) your uniform. (laughs) Um, And but do you feel comfortable wearing it? I mean no. I I don't really know um, anyone that feels comfortable wearing it. I think the only time it's mildly comfortable is when you're standing still. And you know I think for a number of reasons. Like obviously the sport is amazing. Like the women like who play and the women in my team are just doing such athletic really explosive movements, you know, and then you're always worried about where things are slipping. And, you know, I think just to talk about it as well, like when you have your period, it is one of the most terrifying times, I think, to wear a bikini bottom. Um, 
you know, because you're worried about things, as I said, things slipping out, things yeah. leaking. Like, we're women, we get periods once every month. And is there a sporting reason for wearing the outfit? As in, does it make you perform better? You know, speaking from my own perspective, I just, there's no sporting reason for it, no. Does anybody make a fuss about it or it's accepted? I think that people had talked about it, but I don't know that anyone had made a fuss about it actually until the Norway women's, obviously, Beach Handball team came out and took a stance and wore shorts, which, you know, I think is amazing because when you see, you know, Norway is one of the powerhouses of both indoor handball and beach handball, and they have a lot of power on the world stage. So I think for a country like them to come out and make a stand on it will empower a lot of other people to question the status quo and, you know, the norm. We actually wanted to um, to change this for a long time, but um, we decided to do that during our last match in this European Championship because we wanted to make, uh, make a statement and we want to change the, um, the regulations. Yeah, for our federation, there has been a lot of support and uh, I think every other federation as well, uh, uh, except the ones who are making the rules, have uh, supported us. So we're so thankful for the support. Do you think you and your team will say something? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's already been conversations within our team about, you know, the next tournament we go to, we should wear shorts and make a stand on it. And I guess we're in the position where until we qualify for an IHF-sanctioned tournament or where those rules are in place, you know, we can do that. It is kind of amazing, though, isn't it, that it is accepted. I mean, this has been going on for years. Mm, yeah, I I was actually thinking about that myself, but I, I do think as well it takes a lot, doesn't it, to kind of come out and question the status quo and the social norms. And I think often, you know, for people who don't feel comfortable wearing bikini bottoms, had they worn shorts, it might have made them feel like they stood out even more. So it is a, yeah, it is a really, really interesting kind of dilemma. Do you think it's put off girls from playing the sport? Oh, absolutely. I can count 10 amazing athletes, handball athletes on my hand, just from New Zealand alone, that don't play beach handball because of the uniform. Wow. Yeah, and that is obviously one of the things I'm really big on is um, access and inclusion to sport. And I think if uniform is something that makes people not want to play, um, that's terrible. And, you know, and I also think it doesn't include, when we think about access and participation, um, it's not only feeling comfortable in the uniform, you know, I think about what about people from different religions and different communities where that's just not something they can wear within their religious beliefs and they're not playing. You know, I think about the example of when um, the New Zealand women's handball team went to the Asia Handball Federation Championships and we played Iran and they wore long sleeves and pants and that was fine, you know, because that was part of their religious beliefs and they could still play the sport. And I just think about so many groups of women that will be disempowered from, you know, even coming to the sport because of the uniform. But, you know, when you're out there on the beach playing it, you have people watching. Yeah. But also it's filmed, isn't it, for for television, yes. yeah, is that the main driver of it? It's you wear the bikinis because you're on TV, and the whole idea is to get a big audience. Yeah, you know what? I think just just cutting it straight, I think that that definitely is the reason because I, I really can't, you know, see any other um, rationale. Mm. You know, it's so funny to try and make people just say that is the reason, isn't it? Like, there's no, there is no, I can't think of any arguments for it. 
Here's Australian Olympic Beach Volleyball gold medalist and bikini pioneer Natalie Cook talking about it. But when you look at the whole big picture of where I came from as an athlete, going from indoor volleyball, wanting to cover up, to beach volleyball and understanding that I was pretty good at it, and the only way, sadly at that time, to get attention was our bikini. So we were proud pioneers of changing that dimension a little bit and and the last 10 years, to be honest, there hasn't been much talk of the bikini. It really had become norm. It had become accepted. And here's another take. Paul Cameron, the former CEO of Volleyball New Zealand, said just a few years ago that it was a load of rubbish that the uniforms are driven by sexism. You must remember that most of the top beach volleyball players are magnificent specimens relative to uh, what the training they put in and, and, and their attitude with the game, etc. They are absolutely top athletes and they're wanting to wear something that they feel comfortable in. Oh, if only you could see my face right now. I <laughs> Statements like that, I think, really uh, highlight the uniform issue, doesn't it? Like, it's it's not about being magnificent specimens. It's about whatever we wear, whether, you know, you're wearing a full unitard, doing the movements that we do in beach handball doesn't make it any more or less athletic. Whatever you're wearing, it would still look just as athletically impressive, I think. Who's making the decisions about what you wear? Is it men or is it a mixture? I think it's men. <laughs> I, I think that, you know, the International Handball Federation... Uh, similar to other federations around the world where I think there is quite a male-dominated um, perspective on what women should wear. Actually, I'm not sure if you saw that the Norwegian women's team were fined um, mm. 1,500 euros, and I actually just saw this morning that the European Handball Federation, um, who they paid the fines to, have donated that money to a charity now. Oh. So I think... That's a really interesting statement as well from them. Most national women's beach handball teams are semi-professional at best. And so, I, you know, I was thinking about our own team. I don't think our New Zealand women's team would have been able to afford to pay a $300 fine each, you know, to, to protest that. And I, nor do I think our federation would have had the money to. So, you know, I think um, it's awesome that they've been able to do that. Germany-Brazil match was quite the unbelievable feat of athleticism. It sure was, with one bikini spiking here and another bikini diving there and the German bikinis just setting everywhere. It was truly an impressive bikini-on-bikini bikini bikini match. Doesn't get much better than that in the world of sports. Mm -mm. There are signs of change at Tokyo. Women beach volleyballers don't have to wear bikinis. And in women's gymnastics, the German team has taken a stance against revealing leotards wearing bodysuits. The German Federation, DTB, said its gymnasts were taking a stand against sexualisation in gymnastics, adding that the issue had become all the more important to prevent sexual abuse. The Olympics broadcaster has put out advice on filming in an effort to do away with sexualised female images. It says, do not focus unnecessarily on looks, clothing or intimate body parts and reframe or delete a wardrobe malfunction to respect the integrity of the athlete. But what about beyond the Olympics? Oh, what are we looking at here, Suzanne? These are photos of what... Uh, netball uniforms used to be like when the game was first played here in the, gosh, 1900s, 1920s. I'm with Newsroom's locker room editor, Suzanne McFadden. Quite different from today, eh? 
Oh, they sure are. Well, these are gym dresses, which remind me of my school uniform, actually. Yeah, and they um, were made of heavy wool, box-pleated tunics over blouses with stiff collars and thick black stockings. And some of them wore ties. Yeah. <laughs> they have too. They've got ties on. Yeah. And even 1963, they're pretty... Restrictive, aren't they? Yeah. There were rules like they had to kneel on the ground and they had to measure the skirt before the oh. game to make sure that it was, wasn't too high above the knee. I think it had to be knee length. Oh, here we go. What, yeah. what date is that? 1970s. They moved to polo shirts, cotton polo shirts, and pleated skirts that were a lot shorter. Like but, mid-thigh. Yeah, yeah. And the polo shirt, so they'd be stretchy. But even now, those dresses would be quite restrictive. Would they? Yeah, and they would have been quite hot. So today's dresses are lycra, and very high-tech fabric, sweat-wicking, but very short. In fact, you know, I remember the change to those uniforms, which kind of came with more television coverage of the game and sponsorship. The game needed to look more attractive to people. Yeah, to be honest, you know, they needed to get more men watching. Wow, when was that? That was in the 1990s. There's a definite correlation there yeah. between the change in uniform, the shorter dresses and the television. Yeah, yeah. It was just to make Sport. the game more attractive. But there was a lot of reaction to it. A lot of traditionalists really weren't happy with how short the dresses were. It has changed since then. You'll notice players in the ANZ Premiership and the Silver Ferns wear short shorts underneath those dresses. But I think it's just we've, we've become conditioned to it. I can't say all the players are comfortable in it. Australian Netball did a survey last year of 10,000 um, girls and women playing netball, and some of them said they didn't want to play because of the, how tight the uniforms were. Are we not accessible? for a clear reason that we are so stringent about our uniforms. And I think that's a really important question for netball to ask itself and to probably answer in the affirmative, yeah, we are turning participants away. They felt very conscious about Exposed. it. Exposed. Yeah. And, you know, you see in the, in the last month, Maya Wilson, our silver shooter, um, on social media admitting that, you know, she struggles with her body shape. My body image and how I see myself and a lot of it, what I've learnt is about self-acceptance and trying to get that at a deeper level. It came to the point that I was like really in a place I wasn't loving myself at all. Which is really sad, isn't it? Yeah. You know, before they got the shorts, they just have sports, sports briefs. You know, they, these girls are jumping and diving and you know the, the game has changed so much from what we you know yeah. what we can see in those 1920s photos and there've been some awful photos over the years that newspapers published you know of girls in their undies yeah what was that photo that you were telling me about that you you ran a story on beach volleyball yeah we um, ran a story in locker room on a top New Zealand beach volleyball player and the only photo that we could get access to was her from behind leaping up to smash over the net. And, you know, she's got these very revealing bikini bottoms on. And we felt a bit reluctant to publish it. But then, you know, that was the only photo that we had. And 
the story went nuts. And it's very hard to know whether, you know, it was because a brilliant player, brilliant athlete, or was it the photo that got the clicks? And we're very much against getting clicks from that kind of thing. It was a very interesting snapshot, I think. Do the athletes or the players themselves have any say in what they wear? In some sports now, yes, it is changing. Netball at grassroots, you can now wear leggings or shorts. There's been changes too for cultural reasons. Headwear can be worn now. Beach volleyball has recently changed the rules so that the women don't have to just wear bikini bottoms. They can wear short shorts. It's quite incredible really, isn't it? I mean, here's these women top of their game who for years have had to expose their bodies. And imagine if you're an athlete who's just had a baby and you're coming back and you've got stretch marks. Would that affect your decision to play? I mean, beach volleyball is quite a recent sport. And again, these uniforms were introduced, if you can call them that, these um, outfits were introduced to get more, more eyes on the game. And the only way, sadly at that time, to get attention was our bikini. And to make it, you know, sexy, I guess. As an athlete playing at a high level, you only get to choose your bikini bottom. The tournament provides the top. Why can't women have the choice? The ability to make a choice for yourself at some point is part of the power we need to empower our women to get to. About what they wear when they're playing sport. Gymnastics is a sport that has come under a lot of fire in recent years about the revealing leotards that young girls had to wear. Here in New Zealand, those regulations changed last year. So girls can now wear shorts, full-length unitards. So it's up to each sport. Take athletics. So Athletics New Zealand's rules are that athletes must wear clothing that's clean (laughs) and designed and worn so as not to be objectionable or impede the official's view. So I guess that means, you know, you can't wear a pink feather boa, something like (laughs) in the way of the judge's side. But another story that's come up recently is the Welsh Paralympian Olivia Breen, who said she was left speechless after a female official confronted her over her uniform. She was like, "Your, your briefs are too revealing. I think you should consider buying a pair of shorts. I didn't know what to say. I just looked speechless and I just said to her, Are you joking? Yeah, it's just you shouldn't you shouldn't tell us what we can't wear and can wear. Like I've been wearing these for nine years of my career. I've never had a problem like this before. And that's because that was her choice and that's what she wants to wear, that's what she feels comfortable in. And so why not? You know, you'll see women's marathon runners at these Olympics who will have got a pair of scissors and chopped their singlets off to make into midriff because they like the streamlined airflow, trying to keep cool, especially, you know, Tokyo in a heat wave. So they're allowed to do that? Yeah. They're allowed to take the scissors to their uniform, their official uniform. As long as it's clean and and not (laughs) objectionable. Every sport has its rules. So does that mean that it differs from sport to sport how much freedom the athletes have. Yes. Okay, yeah. so in some cases, 
the sport dictates to the women and the men what they must wear. Every sport does. Every sport has rules and regulations about what an athlete wears. But are some of them more kind of sympathetic to the athlete? I think they have become so. We did a series in Locker Room last year on Muslim women and girls in sport, which was sparked by a study at the University of Waikato. And we spoke to some Muslim women and girls who were playing sport. And one of them, Noha Nasef, who is a university researcher, she loves swimming, but she had got to the point where she didn't feel comfortable. Um, she dressed in a full swimsuit at the public pool. So she decided to do open water swimming because she knew in a full wetsuit she wouldn't stand out. So that dictated what sport she felt comfortable doing. Many of the girls who are playing soccer and uh, netball have kind of been part of this whole movement to allow players to wear hijabs. It's been a long time coming, I think. You know, we really want to embrace different cultures getting involved, getting active, you know, young women getting active but they have to feel comfortable doing it. You know, it's they're trying to change it from the top, but it takes a long time to filter down to grassroots. Mm. You know, male coaches being more understanding of females and that you don't coach girls like boys. Yeah, it's slowly happening at the top of echelons of the sport, but moving down is going to take another generation or two. Do you think? Yeah. That's it for today. I'm Sharon Brett Kelly. The detail is brought to you by newsroom.co.nz and made possible by RNZ and NZ On Air. You can download us free to your mobile phone every day on any podcast platform. And if you want to get in touch, email us at thedetail at rnz.co.nz. Alexia Russell produced today's episode. Rangi Poek engineered it. And thanks to Suzanne McFadden and Erin Roxburgh-Markia. Kakite anō. Thank you.